Welcome to Slight Coffee Shop. I'm Ace tonight, and I'm sitting down with the founder of the Ascension Institute. How are you, darling? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. I love sitting down and talking about a lot of things we got into the pre-show about, and we'll dig into this one. Hello, Miss Brenda. I hope your coffee's hot and ready. Let's sit down and, you know, so what is the Ascension Institute? The Ascension Institute essentially is um, a community and a place for people to receive one-on-one or group coaching on mm-hmm. Ascension type um, sessions. And so anything that elevates your vibration, your frequency, your understanding of your life path, where you came mm-hmm. from, starseed origins, all of that mm-hmm. fun stuff. So it's a culmination of helping others in their own spiritual gifts, as well as people looking for assistance in their own life questions. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you start out? Ooh, I started out as a medium. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which type? Uh, Spiritual channeling medium. I would see ancestors you and, you know, right. like people want to want to connect with their loved ones no longer in the physical world. That's how it all started. Right. Uh, and so I just channeled messages. And cool. um, from there, though, uh, my gifts started to expand a bit. They, I think Spirit was like, you have more. You need to be doing more with your gifts. And um, unlike you, I... I was afraid of ever calling myself a psychic. I didn't want to be in charge of people's absolutes and mm-hmm. um, which is very different than just channeling a message for somebody. Right. Um, so it just kind of branched out from there. I, I love to say that my roots are always with my medium clients. They still bring me mm-hmm. so much joy, but it's, it's just kind of evolved from that space. It's a different vibration. It, you know, it is. You know, um, I, I can do mediumship, but it's not my first tool. You know, my first tool is always tarot. I grab the tarot and go from there um, and work for all on the clairs. So with you and, you know, doing mediumship, what did you notice differently when you started working with the starseed energy? <gasps> so I used to get headaches and my whole body would vibrate differently when I would deliver messages for, you know, people looking for a connection to somebody mm-hmm. who's no longer here, we would meet at a table mm-hmm. and it was always like we would meet halfway and the star seed messages are from where they are on their soul planet for wherever they're channeling and their higher density beings. And so it was this whole elevation of my clear senses in order to communicate and they communicate mm-hmm. really quickly. And so it took a while. It was 
a culmination of ascension symptoms and not feeling great and not understanding why my body was not reacting well to the process. It was a whole thing. How about you? Well, it's interesting for me. It's like looking at a chart and going, okay, this doesn't work here. Ah. You cannot be doing, you know, this energy doesn't work in this plane. So what mm -hmm. are we dealing with other than, mm -hmm. you know, is it starseed energy? Is it, you know, leftover life chart energy or, you know, cell memory? Um, and then, you know, I get a lot of people that want to talk about past lives, which right. is great when you can go, oh, okay. You know, you're, you know, we're in France, we're, you know, around <laughs> 1400s, you know, yeah. you're making wine, you're, you know, fighting in a battle. That works great. But when you're looking at it and going, I don't know where you are because I can't yep. reach your location. I don't know why you're there because yes. it doesn't look like it's anything here. And then you have to go into the more complexity of it. Of, am I seeing a past life mm -hmm. or am I looking at a future life or am I looking at a life that doesn't make sense? Because for me, a starseed life, and for those that don't know, like starseed life is a life on another planet, like, you know, Lenorma or, you know, other, you know, serious systems, the A and B, Pleiades, all of that. Yes. You know, it's not earthly mm -hmm. and it's not going to match an earth frequency to where you can go, oh, you know, you're, you know, you were in China, you know, you decided <laughs> to want to go there and learn how, you know, work with the demolists. So you went and hung out with Buddha for a couple hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's like when you're looking at a book and someone has, you know, you gotten it from the library and it's one of the older books, like you're working with reference materials. And some Yahoo has decided to stick another, you know, chapter in there yep. uh, from a book that doesn't belong. Um, but the energy and, the, you know, the characters are the same. It's just not the right book um, for me. Hmm. What about with you? How that's do you so see it? I love your description. I think I think that's when my, my uh, messages started to change and... Oftentimes, like in Akashic readings, people would do kind of, oh, I can see me burning at the stake. I can see me, you know, we're walking through their whole process. And then somebody's like, I see me and it looks like a jungle. And I, I you know, we're in deep meditation and, mm -hmm. and my client's saying, I'm, I see me and I don't actually recognize like the eyes on the person I'm talking to or mm -hmm. I'm, I'm surrounded by really geometric shapes. You know, and I'm like, that's not, I, we don't have that here. I don't know what you're looking at. They're like, we're in a temple, but the light is so profound and there's sacred geometry coming down. I'm like, uh, we can maybe say that that looks like, you know, a pyramid moment with energies coming in. But I would just let clients talk and it would turn into um, mm -hmm. obvious. <laughs> we're, obvious not, we're not talking about stuff work. here. You're describing, yeah. I don't know, Lisa Frank binders and kind of funny things that I've never heard of. So right. you're, you described yeah. it perfectly. It's a lot of, yeah. it's right. a lot of, you know, like this doesn't fit. Like mm -hmm. why'd you transfer into the school? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, sweetie, let's take you back to what school you were in. But do you think 
Hmm. Your physical symptoms are more connected to the frequency raising in your mediumship. Because we know for a physical medium, if they're disturbed during seance or during trance, they have physical damage. There's been mediums in England when they would raid the places that she had a freaking heart attack right there in front of them. Oof. Oof. That's not freaky, but it is. But it's the I do. I mean, I think that's a whole I think that's a whole conversation because people um I think the whole movement right now is against, you know, a whole ascension symptoms. We love to say, mm-hmm. well, we can't pinpoint something going on with us. We're like, oh, it's an ascension symptom. And I do believe on a lot of levels that it probably is for some people, light workers especially. Right. But right. I think I mean, as far as it being my, you know, mediumship, I have to say yes. I have to believe there that, you know, something must be connected to right. to the I mean, anytime you connect your energy to anything else, a moment, a space, mm-hmm. a person, um, mm-hmm. whoever you're channeling for, it's it's inevitable, no matter how much you protect yourself as a channel, that you're going right. to download, take on some of the physical etheric auric symptoms of whatever it is that you're bringing in. Right. So, I mean, it's it's inevitable that it could probably be both, I think. I don't know. I think that, but no, because I've talked with other people that have worked with Ascension and they've not gotten the physical symptoms. They've gotten their their clock is off, you know, their days are like 38 to 39 hours a day in a day instead of the 24 that, you know, we get fit into. They'll have mood swings, that type of thing. They'll have total taste change. Yes. How's that for you? That's so funny you say that. Did you see me jump? Yes. Uh I um I had a client a long time ago say I can taste colors. And I just kind of in my early, early, early readings, it didn't I didn't understand what the clear sense is, right? Until Mm -hmm. I went through this process and all of a sudden it was like I could taste people's experiences. Mm -hmm. And it was the oddest sensation because sometimes you would taste things that that aren't earthly you know sometimes uh-huh. we can pinpoint oh that tastes like smoke oh that tastes like um lead right you know right. these were things that i was like i don't even know what i'm experiencing this is like a mm-hmm. completely different human sense than right. i'm not eating lasagna it's a weird i'm, I'm eating something different and so right it's I don't know. I can only, <laughs> how about you? I've seen everything, you know, and then, you know, when I say I've seen everything, I've seen everything from a person that is an herbivore and they only eat vegetables one day. And like, they get grossly sick with the idea of me having a blue steak to, they go through and they start working <laughs> this ascension process and you can't stop them from eating. You know, I always know something's like, off with me when I want you? bacon. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. Bacon for I'm I'm a hundred percent vegetarian until I wake up and I go, I need bacon. And I'm like, something's wrong with me today. Something's off. Right. There's yep. there's <laughs> a ter- dist- there's a disturbance within your energy field, something like that. Um, but you know, and that's where people like change their names. They change their husbands when they really start ascending. It's like I don't know who you are get the hell out of my life and it's like 
you were madly in love with them six months ago. That's why you just bought a $200,000 house. I've been head over heels and never had an argument. And they're like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm going to Arizona and I'm going to meditate in, you know, the the chasms there and raise the vibration of the planet. It's like... (laughs) Um, check your spiritual self because I think someone has lost or been took over by the planet. Have you ever had a moment like that where you woke up one day and you were like, I am no longer me. I'm going to call myself Bob. I'm going to go off and I'm going to do these other things. No, 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 I've had that moment where it's like, I'm moving to Columbus and I packed a suitcase and off we went and had a very lovely time there came back to West Virginia when it was time. Um, you know, I've had that point where I woke up and said, you know, I want my body back. Like, this is not my body. I don't know whose body this is, but it's in bad shape. Let's get it moving. You know, so we're hitting the gym. We're doing the high protein, carb. You know, yeah. we're drinking flavored waters. You know, those are mine. Like, I haven't done any massive changes of, like, I don't know who I, you know, who I am. It's more like, no, let's make me me. Um, And I think that that happens as we grow spiritually, as we work into our higher vibrations. And, you know, it's been very clearly shown to me by my husband that if you don't work out, I will kill you because you're everybody's (laughs) crazy. You don't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, well, my curiosity is have, I mean, for me right now, clients feel a little Uh like when they are doing their ascension process, that sometimes Uh it's not even about them. They will be choosing their new things in life, but they'll come most disturbed. And you can speak this from a tarot perspective too, where they're so confused about what's falling away from them. All of a sudden, it's Uh not even their choices. It's just you know, the job doesn't align anymore. These people that have always been in their life, they're having mismatched conversations and they're just like, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm on a different planet all by myself. And sometimes, yeah. you know, do you ever feel like as somebody like yeah. ascends, it's natural that all of the things don't align, oh, yeah. like, kind of fall away. Oh yeah. Fall I mean, away. How do you... And that's when you have to look at them and go, well, what are you trying to accomplish? For me, yeah. I start, I, I backtrack that. Because yeah. when people are going through these massive changes, what I mean mm-hmm. by massive changes, like they're changing jobs, they're changing husbands, they're changing relationships, yeah. they're, you know, they're, you know, going no contact with their mother just because I don't know, she sneezed the wrong way. <laughs> you have to get it back. For me, working as in the coaching view of it is okay, take me back. Okay. What is causing, you know, what, mm-hmm. where's your end goal? Why is it you you know that you feel you need to go do this? Because that when you can when someone else is asking for justification from you, right? They tend to get anchors they've not thought of. That's yeah. I think. Do you feel like as a medium that or you know, well, mm-hmm. what would you like to officially yeah. be called? I'm a psychic. I'm the old fashioned just psychic. Love it. Okay. Yeah. As a psychic. You know, uh-huh. you speak about these anchors. I think that's a really powerful comment. Do you, Yeah. what do you mean by you feel like they get anchored? Because they're going, I'm losing my fucking mind. Yeah, it's true. 
Okay. Uh, you know, I just quit a $200,000 a year job. Yeah. I've just told a boss that he's fucking full of it and I'm no longer taking his calls. <laughs> you know, I'm packing up and moving to West Virginia because I had a dream about a mountain. And this is a conversation I've had. And I'm like, you know, there's more than one set of mountains in this country. Yes, but West Virginia is where it is. We're moving there. You know, we want to look at here and here. And I'm like, well, if you move here, um, you could forget that you're in the 2000s. You may get as high as 1955. If you require internet for your evolution, move here. You know, those are things that I see. And it should, and they are just like non-cynical. Like the, there's no debating these people. There's yeah. no, you have to go find why. And it's more right. than a dream or their guide. It's like they have a desperate desire to get away from California. They have a desperate desire to be in a different geolocation because they don't feel right. Right. Do you, yeah. su do you, do you support your clients in their endeavors in that space? Cause I, I will say, I obviously, okay. I do. You know, you know, if you don't want to be with your husband, cause you don't even know who the moron is, leave him. If you want to change <laughs> your life, do so. If you want to start doing readings, wonderful. I have tarot classes available. You have classes on mediumship, like there's stuff out there, but I'm very much the type that's like, oh, you want to read? That's nice. Now sit down and get your foundations in place. Yeah, I do. I do think that's important. You know, I have this whole lifestyle together. Yeah. Well, I think when people get excited about the Ascension, because that's, I mean, let's call it, let's call it what it is. You have this one moment right. of when you're feeling great and you're like, Ascension's amazing. And all the people that have been through it or going through it continuously are like, <laughs> check in with me in a couple months. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to look haggard, but yeah. I think I think anchoring in a foundation is so important. I think it kind of ties mm -hmm. into that idea of like know thyself. Like you have to have a know thyself moment. Like what are you really aiming for before you go right. chasing the world, right? Right. So or I mean, that's... making major changes you can't take back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that's really big, especially when you're going through the ascension. And let's say you're going through it very young for me, like yeah. 25, 26. Mm-hmm leaving college on a full stern scholarship that takes some kahunas but it's like give me an anchor point i've told clients sell me on it i love that okay um because they need you know i can be their cheerleader but they're going to be their own distractor mm. they're going to be their one that's going you know, I'm still, you know, they're, they've packed everything into the U-Haul. They've slammed the door down and they're going to have that moment of, oh my God, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and then there's going to be the, the uh, panic on demand call to me going, I just sold my house. I just <laughs> bought a house in a town I've never been to before. I just told my husband that we're getting a divorce. What the fuck have I done? Yeah where you know why am i doing this why i'm on autopilot you know what shadow work do i need to do and i'm like you don't need to do any shadow work you no no like this isn't shadow work this is a past trauma you know <laughs> no this is working with your ascension and oh look it's 11 11 how interesting you chose today to set off the nuclear bomb of your life <laughs> 
but at least you did it on, you know, good yeah. angel numbers. <laughs> good angel numbers, good, you know, vibrational numbers. Very good, very good. Now, you know, you need to finish out your mission. Yeah. <laughs> Nice so, to laugh a little bit about it. <laughs> if you honest. have to, because you know, the, when if you don't, and if you're really going through what I call very heavy, very heavy yeah. growth, that could be heavy ascension, that could be you know heavy working out cell memory. Um, if you can't laugh, then we need to fix that. Yeah, because you're going to cry. Yeah, so you need to kind have of all the range of emotions. The only thing that really pulls me out of tower moments is is finding the humor in it, you know, gratitude, mm -hmm. anything positive at that point. Right. And, you know, and moments of like, hmm, I wonder what is going to be going on with this baloney. Um, <laughs> you know, like, okay, spirit, you got me here. I'm here. What? Now I'm what? here. I'm here. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, are we beaming up? You know, do I get to just walk into the other side and permanently live there? Yeah. What are we doing today, Dave? I showed up. I got in the car. I I went. What are we doing? Where are we at? Yeah. 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 So let's talk about something else you've got on here. Um, okay. You know, you've got the mediumship. We've got the ascension work and starseed readings. Mm -hmm. What is energy therapy? Hmm. So I have my master's in clinical psychology. So I was okay. working towards being a licensed marriage family therapist, the therapist in essence. And mm -hmm. I was having a really hard time wrapping my head around nothing, nothing against, you know, talk therapy, but having somebody come in for 10 or 15 sessions to talk about one specific thing without addressing the energetic experience behind what they're talking about. So lots of people have, okay. you know, this one traumatic experience and they're hanging on yeah. to it and we got it like unwind the subconscious experience, totally powerful of course. Mm -hmm. But while they're talking, I, you know, I'm having this eye twitch moment cause I'm going, Oh honey, but you have this whole energetic block from something that is completely unrelated, be it <laughs> past life trauma, be it this life trauma, be it right. inner child healing, whatever. And so energy therapy was really birthed from people saying i've seen you me as a you know an energy healer what is going on with me while i'm talking and i'm like oof this is everything's off we need to clear your energy while you're you're talking about your experiences and so it was a blend of both mm -hmm. and um that's honestly where it came from it was just kind of taking my education and blending it with my my gifts right your gifts and you know we're seeing a lot of that right now yeah you know there are some psychology programs that are teaching tarot there you know we've got reiki starting you know reiki has been used in yeah. cancer patients forever now they're expanding out to anxiety and other areas because mm -hmm. oh wow you know the the md world found out that you know what we do is a lot more than placebo yeah and it's really more interesting looking at blending talk therapy. That's why I saw mm -hmm. the word therapy. I'm like, you know, because in the psychic word, we don't say that. Even though, you know, psychic, 
we don't go psychology. Okay, psychology, yeah. It's kind of yeah. a taboo. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's, it's very taboo. It's like, you know, we're advisors. We're not, you know, we can't go anywhere into the counseling aspect. Right. Mostly I do, you do. We all sit and do is like, no, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're doing this. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, this has got to get itself into a better position there, you know, so, you know, well, you know, I don't think that you really should be, you know, running 20 miles a day doing 200 setups, really not helping you get to your goals here. Right. You know. Balance, people. Yeah. Balance, you know, life force idealism. What are you really doing? Oh, yeah. So we're actually treating an eating disorder. Okay. Well, let's go find out our file work for that one. Um, David, do you have anything on eating disorders? Like, <laughs> are you doing this? Oh, okay. So, yeah, you famined around this age about five times in your life when you've been around. Do you? You see, it's like, or yeah. you leave that part out and then you see somebody for 15 sessions and they're just treating the running, you know, and you're like, right. ah, I, I feel like it's almost like you're, mm -hmm. you know, trying to lick away at concrete. Like you can't, you're not going to make a dent. I, it's, right. and I don't want to ever put down the profession that I went into, but it's, I just, for me personally, I, I didn't feel confident having therapy clients without being able to say, Hey, there is other energetic experiences mm -hmm. going on with you. Let's, let's right. talk about those. I do right. love and do know that going through school, they did start to talk about tarot, Reiki, mm -hmm. holistic past life. I mean, it's amazing to, yeah. to see the evolution and finally the embracing of mm -hmm. us woo woo humans in a, in a, I don't know, just a broader sense that the mental mind is important. Right. And, you know, you would think that that would be like foundational for psychology. You, you would think. Yeah. But it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's a lot of Sigmund Freud got drunk at one night and wrote a bunch of crap. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> Those are my favorite classes, by the way. I've never laughed so hard. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, who did he what? But. Yeah. You know, yeah, good for him. You know, good for him. But you know, for him. the man, you know, he's already moved on to the other plane. Can we like put his work to sleep? Yeah, what's really going on? You know, or at least talk about it honestly and the things that he was yeah. actually really interested in, because he had some some quirky things. He had some quirky things. He had some quirky ideas. Of course, you know, if we look at all of them, we look at like Edgar Casey's work. Or yeah. Sylvia Brown's work. Or yeah. we start, you know, bumping even farther back and looking at some of the medium testing that was going on in England in the early 1900s. My favorite. Some of that shit's freaking scoopy. <laughs> and it's like, you've done what? You asked her to give a reading with a mouthful of cotton <laughs> stuffed. Is that and real? Yeah. Why? Why? They were trying to, they were doing the um, physical mediumship. So it's the production of ectoplasm. Okay. Okay. And move and trumpeting, which is the moving or causing sounds through a trumpet. Okay. And they thought that the medium was doing ventriloquism instead of physical mediumship. So they tied her to a chair, 
stuffed her funny. mouth with cotton and the trumpet still worked and it still gave messages and she said in there like what do you got next <laughs> she's like put me upside down you know uh -huh. whatever you want me to yeah i love stories you know, like that though you know I mean... that's where like cabinet readings came from oh yeah that's where I get that's where I question like our history why we don't why we pay attention to only well we know why but why why only specific things carry on and they conveniently things in in our realm of work are left off or eradicated you know I Just, think that it's because a it falls out of fashion yeah I mean, if you're, if you're client, you know, you see clients virtually or you see them face to face still, um, if they showed up and there was this big black wooden cabinet and you're, you know, you're just so sit down, you're, you know, your reading will start in a minute. They'd be like, where is she? <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah. What is she doing? What is she so doing? Yeah. I always said, side note in another life. Mm-hmm. If I had an extra day where everything I did didn't matter, that I would love to show up and just, you know, throw confetti in the air and hand candy to people and just do whatever my spirit guides genuinely wanted me to do. Because they have some wacky ideas that usually work. Right. But I'm like, we live in the earthly realm. And if I did that to half the people that I saw, I'm pretty sure they'd go running for the hills and I'd have gnarly right. remarks on my Yelp pages. So let's keep it to what the humanity is aware of and can be okay with today, which is usually talking. Let's not freak them out. Let's not show up in their closets. Let's not pop up in mirrors like Auntie Sue. Don't do that to your cousins, you know, <laughs> like know your boundaries. But yeah. I think, I mean, um, some, of the, some of the wacky stuff some, though. I mean, well, you know, I don't know, but if you work with guides or not and, you know, mm -hmm. For me, it's explaining to my guide a lot of times, no, we cannot say that. Yes. They don't care that in five years, they won't give a damn what this man's name is. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'd love that you have a good relationship with your guides. I mean, in your early- I, I haven't, well, and part of it is because like, I've grown up with them, you know? Yeah. You know, direct yeah. communication since age three. So, you know, for us, it's like an everyday thing of having, you mm -hmm. know, there's always a bantering mental conversation going on. And my guides don't do this, like, sitting around in robes on clouds and like, okay, mm. she'll channel to you right now. It's like, shut up, stop whining and let's go. We've got 20 clients today or, you know, you've got 100%. a lot of work to do. What the hell? It is two o'clock in the afternoon. Get your ass out of bed. That is so funny you say that. Yeah, I always say do better. I'm like, you do better. I don't yeah. want to do better today. They're, they're like, just do better. You can do better. And I used to get so irritated by it. Now I just throw it back. And I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like it. I'm Netflixing today. You do better tomorrow. That's when we're meeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, can set the, you can set the appointments yourself tomorrow. And then, yeah. And then what's real fun is I get clients and they're, they're, normally students will come to me, but I've had clients come to me. So you want to talk to me? Uh, what? 
Yeah, you've been aggravating me for three days in my dreams. What's wrong? I go, have you cleaned your house yet? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Feel a little yeah, more normal so, here today. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's it's for me. It's every day. It's life, honey. Because you know, I've told my guys, one, we are not getting into the Inquirer. Get over it. We're not having that today. <laughs> life i love that your guys have life goals they're like we're aiming <laughs> we have yeah. a bucket list you know we've got a bucket list we've got books to write now come on you know can we speed this up and it's like no we've got other work to do and there's no way that i'm like doing 15 other gazillion things out there so funny I mean, that's, that's kind of the life of a psychic channel or medium yeah. ever, where you're, you're, uh -huh. you are you're are always working with spirit. And spirit is not a cloud floating. Uh -huh. I, I have, you know, I have like four guides and one is always diligent. I have one who's really pragmatic. I have one who takes nothing seriously. I have one who is always there reminding me of my to-do list. And I'm like, chill out. We have apps for that now. You know, like we, yeah, it's this yeah. whole evolution of, of guides and but we need each other and so that's why we we put right. up with one I mean, another because it's a full team yeah you know, and i think that people don't get that idea that it's actually a full team out there that is, <laughs> that, you know you know people get really stranged out or freaked out when it's like i'll have my team work on that and we'll get that article <laughs> next week and they're like there's I put you. That in an email. yeah you know there's you there's you know i we know you have a virtual assistant we know that you also work with your husband how many people do you have behind you and it's like depending on the day six to ten you know <laughs> so awesome. what has been your weirdest moment as a psychic and a starseed reader Oof, are you ready mm-hmm during the week that I realized what star seeds were, because prior to that, I was just like, I'm going nuts. I'm seeing, I'm seeing my own little version of ET, right? And I'm just mm -hmm. kind of putting it all together. And they were really showing up. Um, mm -hmm. Like I started to take pictures and they were showing up in my pictures and I'm going, what is happening? My daughter and I were going, we took our dogs for a walk and it was kind of, it was like dusk. So mm -hmm. we were walking home and I was talking to my guides. I'm like, all right. It. I've done the weird things. I've, you've shown up to me in different forms. And every time my gifts have evolved, I'm ready. Give it to me. And I look up and there's this cat, like calico cat sitting in the middle of the street. And my daughter and I look at each other and I was like, isn't that a cute cat? She's like, mom, its eyes are weird. And I was like, no, stop it. And I looked and its eyes were green. And I was like, well, that's pretty. And then I heard, you're freaking out. I was like, I'm not freaking out. I'm, I'm chill. I'm fine. I'm good. Deep down, of course, I'm freaking mm -hmm. out. And so I'm trying to keep my heart rate down. <laughs> Hi, Yiddy. And um, it turned into a person. And cool. he had he looked like a Star Wars outfit with like a Obi-Wan. Like the whole, mm -hmm. the whole Obi-Wan outfit, right? right? And he, right. he was holding his hands in a triangle. And he, his, he had like a little thing in the center of his head. And of course I'm looking at her and she's looking at me sideways. And I was, and she's like, mom, be chill. You said you were going to be chill. So she's being better than I am. And they were right. like, we thought you'd be ready. We hope you embark on this new adventure. And then the whole thing just disappeared. And so 
I laugh at myself now because I was like, I am so ready. You can show me anything. And then when it happens, I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm, not ready. Cat. No. I'm not ready. <laughs> yep. But she was good. She was like, that was cool, huh, mom? I'm like, ugh, I need to be more like my children who are just, it's normal, mom. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think the weirdest psychic moment for me has been this, you know, I'll say something crazy. You know, like, oh, you know, one of these days I'm going to Canada and I want to do a few TV pilots. Six months later, hi, we'd like you to come to Canada for a week. We'd like you to be up here at this event. And then we'd like you to do this and this. And watching the experiences on the people in my life's faces when this stuff happens. Um, so when I'm at my husband and co-host, it'll be on, you know, once we wrap up our cup. Um, first time meeting him driving down the road and I swear the car has gone flat. The, the one of the tires has gone flat. Okay. Get out, check the tire, tire's fine. I do this for another year. Every time I get to the same point of the road, it feels and sounds like the front tire, front passenger side of the tire is flat. Okay. Like I've blown a tire, I've blown a tire, I've blown a tire. He rides me on it every time, you know, cause I'm making, Two trips a week, I'm going down and up, and every time we get to the same spot. So we go, we do an event, we're driving back. I am hitting the same spot on the road. I'm like, God damn it, this this feeling's gotta stop. Like we're gonna get new tires or <laughs> something is wrong with this road, whatever. He goes, Nope, tire's flat. I can feel it bouncing over here. You know how it'll rumble when it goes. Yeah, down. yeah, it does the little, yeah. Yeah, so I pull over, car is completely flat, the car is packed with all the event stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is why I pay for full coverage, call the insurance company to get roadside assistance at. Literally, you know, we make the call, and within like three minutes, flashing lights pull up behind us, we get out, I open the trunk, the guy takes everything out of the trunk, Reaches down, gets my spare tire out, puts it on, puts all my stuff back in order. A little bit better packing than we had done because we're <laughs> tired from the day. Changes my tire. Asks me if I need anything else. I'm like, no, do I need to sign anything? No. He hops into his truck, takes off. We get back in the car and I get a text message. Your driver will be to you in 15 minutes. Stop. No. And I'm like, okay. Um, do you want to cancel that? Because we don't know who this is, but they've already changed the tire. <laughs> now just... I hop on that road, boom, boom, go on. Just perfectly fine. You know, I never, we haven't had that problem again. As soon as the tire went flat and magical roadside assistance, Love it. that you did you know you you had the upgraded spirit package? I mean No, that's not really. Cool. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, I mean it would be great if they'd show up and do some other things, but no. <laughs> like, but you know, you know, I always say I can't I'm I don't read for myself. I rarely get readings. Yeah. And when I do, it's too. very basic. Me too. But and you know, I couldn't read myself out of a paper bag. But when it hits, it's very far into the future. 
Interesting. Why do you think you can't, why do you think you don't read yourself? What is that for you? You just never it's have, you don't, me. it's not it's for not you. For me. Yeah. And when I say it's not for me, it's not that I don't believe it. It's not that I don't question like, well, everyone else gets to read for themselves. It's more so, no, your life is a life of service. Yeah. You can't be selfish here and be pulling their lotto numbers for yourself <laughs> or anyone else. Cause we don't also predict the lightning, but you know, it's not for you. It's not your skill for your personal investment or you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever get clients who say to you though, my, my daughter's dog passed from cancer. I had a client say to me, didn't you see that coming? I was like, oh and my I, gosh, <laughs> I don't read my own life. I really try to lead. Like, of course I'll, I'll lean in things and be like intuitively, like which, which one should I pick? Which, you know, what color should I pick on my direction? website? What direction? Yeah. Little things, right? Mm -hmm. But the main events that I'm supposed to experience, no, I don't get this pre-warning postcard in the mail that says, by the way, you're going to lose your dog. Like, obviously, that was a whole family needed to experience moment. So, right. okay. But have you ever had clients say to you, like, didn't, didn't you know that was going to happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had listeners say, didn't you see that happening? And it's like, <laughs> no. No. I don't get the memos. <laughs> you know, they go to spam because, you know, I get enough of the rest of them. <laughs> so how yeah. do you like to work, honey? In what regard? With, like, clients Client. and... Yeah, like, where do you like them to jump in at? You know, I... Coming from medium most people range in the gamut of yes i've seen a million mediums and i've talked to my my uncle a million times to i've never done this before i don't know what's going to happen don't make anything float in this session okay so i think i've learned in that process to meet people where they are i don't okay. especially you know i try to really keep an open mind about it and at that time i wasn't doing any kind of coaching i was just there to do a service and so mm -hmm. that kind of gave me the foundation of just be really, really open to whatever journey people are on, wherever they're at in that journey. Okay. Um, and so I think I've carried that kind of mentality into my current right. business. Uh -huh. um, but is that the same for you? It is. It is. I like, okay. I like them. You know, I have people and they'll go and they'll book an hour session and they'll have like two questions. And I'm like, what did you expect for the rest of the time? Here? <laughs> I get that too. So I'm always like, book a 15-minute session. We can always extend if you need it. Yeah. You know, or if you have a specific thing, then book a specific or, you know, specialty spread, whatever. Yeah. What about for, you know, what's your on that side? Uh, I don't know why, and maybe this is a boundary thing, but my sessions always end up running longer. People, always. people hear, experience, or feel something that they haven't felt before, and then they have a million questions about that. And then, of course, I'm always happy to help. But like I think in my earlier, my earlier days, I used to get so invested. And um, a close associate of mine, we were just talking about this today, mentioned that I used to not just walk people to the door and then show them the door. I used to walk people, walk through with people through the door. And that's mm -hmm. not, that can't be, I believe, an empath's process. You're going to no. attach yourself to too many things that aren't even your life path, your own your own energetic right. experience. And so it's just, you know, that's when you, you learn all the boundaries of learning to like protect your own light and drawing in your mm -hmm. own energy and all of that stuff. 
right. so and work off universal energy and not your yes. own you know yes coming off of alpha wave once in a while to like i don't know watch a tv show those things is those highly things. important yeah you know, if you don't teach you in any metaphysical class thank you so when you're by yourself and brand new you're just like I'm going to do this wonderfully. And I didn't even realize I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just planting my energy all over the place. No wonder I felt drained and mm -hmm. I can still feel people's thoughts when they left. And Oh my right. gosh, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. You know, You're following up with, you know, two page emails to them about <laughs> after our session, it appeared to me the following things. Here's the I information for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, book an initial session. You've got a very nice pathway for your customers. Thanks. I will come yeah. with, you, know, your, you, you know, initial sessions, returning client sessions, yeah. and then, you know, continued healing bundles. So you pull that, those together, you know, do mm -hmm. you want to connect with loved ones, energy therapy with that? Do you think it's better to get a bundle or do the initial setting first? I always, I always encourage people to do an initial session, kind of like your idea of 15 minutes. One, you realize if right. you're an energetic match. Do we even mesh together? Can I even, you know, do, does our energy really match? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. like, like I've learned you, you as a conduit, a channeler are only bringing your vibration to the table and then it's up to the client to be open, receptive to whatever energy is being exchanged. Right. So Oftentimes I'll get people and they'll be like, that was, that was wonderful. And then I have people who are like, thank you so much. And then I never hear from them again. And it's, that's okay. We weren't, we weren't meant to be, but for the most part, I really do feel like I've gotten to a space where I can attract the people that really do seek me out for my specific, maybe personality or whatever. Right. And it's still good because first sessions kind of uncover the greater questions, I think, right. right. It's like going right. to get a consultation, like car checkup. Figure out what's going on right. first and then exactly. and then return and do a return session in an area that you kind of know now or mm -hmm. bundle because you have something really big you want to you want to delve into change alter or you know kind of right. kind of really dig deep with mm -hmm. is that how you work as well do you do you encourage it, you do know, you have, like, consistency? Like I, I have consistency i have some customers that you know i see every day um, yeah. that's just because that's where they're at in their crisis mode. Um, I just launched the lot, the coaching package of taking back your power. Um, that. and that's a six bundle, six bundle thing. Um, we're developing a relationship one. If you notice, I stay more, I'm more like this plane mm -hmm. because you know, that's where I work at. Whereas you're taking them up the stairs and that's the enjoyment of having that's why there's so many of us is this because we so specialize into every different thing yeah 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 All right, i think we'll go ahead and give them your website oh perfect well anybody listening can find me at the ascensioninstitute.com i know it's a mouthful but that's where you can find me um mm -hmm. <clears throat> i also have social media pages at emilia mm -hmm. medium or TikTok, which is emilia source codes um, but the easiest cool. way to get a hold of me is the Ascension Institute. And if they want to book a package or any new client session, if they use the code Psychic Coffee, they can get 20% off their first like session. Awesome. Just Very as a thank cool. you for listening. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so are you working on anything else? 
you know, I have you a lot of behind the scenes. Well, I have retreats coming up next year. It's all quiet and hush until uh, probably December, but there oh. there will be retreats. Um, I don't know if anybody's near Southern California. There will be something in the early spring there, San Diego specifically. Um, cool. And then hopefully an international one in June next year. And then we have group Ascension classes that will probably be starting in February. Awesome. So, yeah, guys. Yeah. So go hop over there, hop on the newsletter. It's not hard yeah. to do. No. You know, if you're in California, do you do only virtual? Because I'm like only virtual now. Do you do? Um, I have an office. Virtual? I have an office in Carlsbad, but the majority mm -hmm. of my clients enjoy virtual just because they're able to sit in the comfiness of their own home and energies mm -hmm. read the same as you know. So I would say right. ninety percent of my clients are virtual. Very cool. So geolocation isn't a hindrance for you. No. Nope. Wonderful. No. Awesome. Well, when you get the retreats, come back and let's have a cup of coffee and talk about all yeah. that excitement going on there. Yeah, okay? let's let's laugh a little. It's been fun. <laughs> awesome. It's been great talking with you, honey. I'll talk with you again later. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here from Rowan's Temple of Light, and I'm here to tell you about our events this summer. First up is Beltane in the Hills, May 13th, and that is from 1 to 6. We have entertainment, we have a bunch of vendors, we have a fairy photo shoot, it's going to be exciting. You having any questions, uh, reach out to Earth Magic or to myself. Um, after that, we have uh, Central West Virginia Pagan Pride, August 19th. That's at Holly Gray Park from 11 to 5 for the day. And we will have Sarah Masters coming down from Pittsburgh to be our keynote speaker. We have some great classes for that. So, if you want to get involved, reach out to Rowan Temple of Light at Gmail or just follow us along on Facebook at Rowan Temple of Light. And we look forward to seeing you out in the community. See you there. Welcome back, goblins. My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month, in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site. It'll connect you to Keen, and if you've not been with Keen before, you'll get three free minutes to talk with me, so that's great for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. Bye, y'all. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. 
I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, doing well. It's been a great evening of conversation. Yeah, so, your sounded amazing. They have. Well, it's Gail. She brings me fabulous ones. All right. So with that, we're on to Are You an Asshole? Yes, and I hope Emily is watching or will watch. I will definitely probably drop her a link to this if, if, if she's not showing up in the comments. Um, okay. Hey, guys. So am I the asshole for locking up my romance novels so my husband can't throw them away? I love romance. To be clear, I don't enjoy self-inserts or wish-fulfillment romance where I'm the target. I love reading about two individuals falling in love and the idea of eternal love. I read a lot of romance books. I also enjoy Josie uh, manga, webtoons, comics, and short stories. My husband recently started having an issue with my romance items. He says they are in the way. I keep my books on one bookshelf. I have my own iPad, though I prefer physical books. I have my own library card and account. I do my half of the chores, pay my half of the bills, and do my part around the house. The romance books are not affecting his life in any way, but he hates them. He made a comment about throwing them out and having a fresh start. So I bought a small cabinet dresser with a lock on it from Amazon and locked up all of my novels. My husband tried opening the door of one and found out it was locked. Now he is upset and guilt tripping me saying that I don't trust him and that I care more about my romance novels than him. Am I the asshole? No. <laughs> I just, I, there, there's almost a chef's kiss to this one. That's just like, Mwah! tell me you don't understand what you're doing without telling me you don't understand what you're doing. Oh, well, not only that, but, you know, thank God he doesn't know how to pick locks, but it's the same size. Well, One, throwing books away is should be a criminal offense. I mean, there is that. Any books. Um, two, it, it, what's he care what you read? You know, how is this affecting him? Is it because you're not giving him enough tension or because he's just jealous that he can't pick you up and throw you over his shoulder and carry you off to, you know, his castle? And I think that people get trapped in that ideaism of that everything is a comparison. Well, you don't do this. Well, you can't do this. Well, you don't do this. 
And it's like, nor do I want you to. You know, you know, it's like Psychop. Joe can't read Psychop. It drives him batty when he reads Psychop. Me, I'm waiting for a novel 15, 14 to get out here. Let's go. Come on. No, 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 no. Actually, I, th I think the Psychop series is is great. My problem is, is it, it it's not something I can fall asleep to. No. As in, it draws my interest and I'm laying there like chapter two. Chapter three, chapter four, chapter five. Jesus Christ, I have to go to bed. Will that stop? Because <laughs> right. you you will start it and drift right off. Just okay. like, boom. I, uh, like you will sit and also listen to it while you're working. It doesn't put you to sleep then. But at night, virtually, you, you know, murder and mayhem puts you to sleep um, at night. <laughs> yes. Like you, you go to bed, you go to bed. Um, the noise just kind of helps. Um, but no, I, here's my whole thing. Books fill deficits in mm -hmm. our lives. Deficits of knowledge, deficits of experience, deficits of ability, deficits of travel. Um, but I think sometimes w when we start talking about romance specifically, Mm -hmm. There's a cart before the horse moment that I think a lot of spouses of romance novel readers, they they kind of have this, this they, they put it in the wrong order. Mm -hmm. As in, they think there's a deficit because their spouse is reading it. Mm -hmm. But there was a deficit which led to the reading. And that's not necessarily an insult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like some people have traumatic histories with relationships. It is nice to be able to sit and read about really cutesy, you know, young adult fiction, mm -hmm. romance, for instance, which this kind of sounds like where this, this, uh, OP is, is kind right. of what, like, you know, you're, you're, you're somewhere between like 18 and like 25. And right. you you know you're dating and you're just not sure and you're looking for a husband and you know you just don't you're not finding the right person. That sort of seems like where they're at. That kind of awkward butterfly, you know, mm -hmm. the whole world is my oyster, um, budding romance. Um, sounds like roughly where they're at. Um, mm -hmm. That's not necessarily a bad. thing. Thing for your spouse to be reading. Um, moreover, and and my you know moh, chef's kiss of like God, tell me you don't know what you're talking about. In terms of Op's husband, is <laughs> the funny part about romance novels is they usually increase or at least stabilize any kind of romance deficit in a relationship mm -hmm. like or or they make it more tolerable for those who don't want to date it makes it more tolerable for those uh, and gives them an experience and an opportunity um for those that are already in bad relationships to kind of mm -hmm. replace some of that in their head 
Um, and, and it's more likely to put people in the mood, not take them out. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're you're if your spouse is reading romance novels, there's a higher likelihood that you can get laid out of this mm -hmm. than if you throw the novels out. <laughs> um, now you have a problem that you need to solve. Right. And let's start talking about our relationship issues and all the things you need to do to fix them. Right. Um, you know, and, and sometimes those aren't fixable. Like right. sometimes people just wish they were a millionaire or, or they met a millionaire and like love that exciting world travel fantasy life. Mm -hmm. um, I, that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's not an indictment of your spouse to to have a fantasy. Um, it's not. Well, it's not an indictment of your spouse to have a fantasy. It's also not an indictment that you have to like everything your spouse likes. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Well, and you don't like. And even we've you know talked on the show that that your massive comprehensive list that led mm -hmm. to us dating. Um, I, I, I didn't exhaust it. There were some items left. You yeah. Know, more, more to the point, like the, the, the novels you read or, or, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you like that are technically sci-fi, but with a romance component. <laughs> um, those are more so, you know, I, I'm, I, I can't be a werewolf. Like, I, no. I cannot be a mythological creature. Like, I'm just not. Yeah, you're not a werewolf. You do really good sometimes at acting like a werewolf, but you're not a werewolf. You're not a vampire. You know, we have, yeah. you know, I have a series that I love. Luckily, I know the author personally, and he does fabulous work. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, the, these are all great things. This is not a detriment to my relationship. Right. That, that is a creative outlet. That is, that is a place for your brain to go and have fun. Yes. It does not negatively impact our relationship. Um, now, now, if if you want me to, like, superhumanly throw you across a room and, you know, whatever, turn you into, you know, like, I can't do those things. And if right. that were to become part of your expectation in our relationship, we would have a problem with the novels. Um, right. Like, I don't see you picking me up people... and carrying me, you know, across the house. That's just not happening. Yeah. But uh, generally speaking, very, very, very few people start getting unrealistic expectations for their relationships based on what they read. Um it, it, it's exploratory. It's a place to go. It is a fantasy. I'm sorry, I read Brenda's comment. Well, you read a lot of Brenda's comments. How about a little bit more detail for our listening audience? Maybe she should start reading murder mysteries and serial killer books and leave them laying around. Well, you know... It does have its benefits. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, you were you were about to say. You know, I don't get how he says they're in the way. 
Is she piling them up on his side of the bed? No, no. She's made it clear. She They take up one shelf. Now, right. whether she means one entire bookshelf or one shelf of a bookshelf is a little unclear. Based on the cabinet that she bought, what it, what it sounds like, I, I think it's somewhere between the two. That it's a little more than a shelf. It's a little less than an entire bookshelf. Um, but even if that, like, that's not, like, I'm sorry, you live in a home. You you get space for your stuff. All right. Like, so let's move on to the next part of this, which is more pissing me off. Okay. You locked it away so you don't trust me. No, I don't trust that you won't destroy my item. Yeah, you kind of violated that when you pitched your little temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Like, you you showed yourself untrustworthy. Like, when yeah. you don't want to, to let um, your spouse own something and you threaten to throw it out. I'm mm-hmm. like, here's my general theory on this is if your spouse threatens to throw something away. Right. And you don't do anything to secure it. Right. And they throw it away. That's kind of on you. Right. At that point, like, the intention was clear. I'm throwing this out. Right. No, don't throw it out. I want to keep it. And then I I don't ever touch it again. Right. Argumentatively, like, I, I didn't take any, you know, effort um to protect it right then it kind of becomes you you agreed in a sense um though i will still argue this is a wrong way to go about things but you did kind of end up agreeing in a sense Mm -hmm. that you didn't care enough about it to prevent that from happening now on the flip side it is very 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 reasonable that if you're threatening to throw out Mm -hmm. someone's stuff that they find a way to prevent that. Right. Like, that's reasonable. Like, and, and that goes for anything. If, we, if we're talking oh, about, right. you know, high school t-shirts that, you know, your spouse just, you know, God, it's so holy and torn up and just, oh, throw it away. You right. know, if you don't, if you don't, like, donate that or whatever, I'm going to throw it out. Okay, right. buy a footlocker, put it in there, and your spouse can can hush on that topic. Mm-hmm. Like, I put it away. It's out of your, you know, view. You don't ever have to see it again. But it's right. mine, and I choose to keep it. Right. Um, and I think that's reasonable. Um, more to the point, however, um, I don't think you really s- do anything good in relationships when you force that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you, your your spouse is allowed to have things. And you don't have right. to appreciate them, like them, you know. You really don't even have to tolerate them. Right. But you do have to accept that they are your spouse's possessions. Right. You don't get to make that choice. Right. Um, and we do have kind of this broken idea, I think, um, right. that, you know, it's appropriate for spouses to throw things out. Mm-hmm that their spouse owns right you know like no 
I understand sometimes it, it, it it's cumbersome. It gets in the way. Like, my God, how much hockey equipment could one person possibly have? You know, and you right. don't even play hockey. You haven't played hockey in 20 years. Um, so right. why do you have all that crap? Um, right. And it's in the way. Um, try, trying to turn this into a different, you know, tech. Um, it doesn't matter. It's not right. yours. I understand it's in your way. I, I think you have every right to ask that it be put up in a way that is not in your way. Right. I think you have every right to box it up and put it in an attic. I think you have every right to, you know, do that. But you don't get the right to throw it out. Right. Like, that's where the line is. It's like, nope, that's a possession. You don't have to appreciate it, like it, or even tolerate it. Mm-hmm. But you can't throw it out. Right. You know, and it doesn't sound like, and I think the main problem here about that is they went from a two-bedroom apartment to a studio apartment, and he sees the bookshelf as being a space taker. When I'm like, bookshelves are used in studio spaces <clears throat> to create walls. I, and it, I, I think it goes beyond that. I, I think it's just an easy target, mm -hmm. in a sense, is like he already didn't appreciate those. This is just the excuse. Exactly. Like that you don't need all this. You, do, you don't need it. And it's like, right. I'll be the judge of what I need. Exactly. All right, so the poll is up over on Ace and Night's YouTube. You get to vote if he's an asshole or not. So moving on to relationship advice. This one's a fun one. All right. Me, 20 male, and my now ex, 20 female, just recently broke up due to religious reasons. Would it be worth it to become religious to save the relationship? So on Halloween, me and my ex broke up, but due to us both thinking ahead and knowing what we both wanted in the future, she wanted a husband that would go with her and the kids to church on Sundays, and I am not religious at all. Not for any particular reason, I just don't practice a religion. We were together for two and a half years, and we had very little problems the whole time, and even up until the day we broke up, we're definitely very happy. When we did break up, it happened fast, but almost unnaturally, and looking back on it now, I wish we had just taken a break, although I'm not sure how much that would have done. Anyway, I've recently been thinking, would it be that bad to just go to church once a week and spend time practicing her religion? It wouldn't be much of a commitment, as the way it seems, nothing would change aside from going to church once a week. Most other aspects of my life now and then would stay the same. I have tried to think about the open possibilities now that I'm single, but I can't seem to think of being in a dedicated relationship with anyone other than her. I know that I am still young and the possibilities are endless and that there are many other women in the world, but there was absolutely nothing wrong with the relationship aside from the fact that we both wanted separate things dealing with religion but that was it. So would it be worth it to compromise completely on my end and become religious to save what could potentially be my life? I know there is no guarantee that we would get back together, but I know that she hasn't talked to anyone and wouldn't get into a relationship that soon after we broke up. 
So the odds of getting back together if I were to change for her would be higher than lower. I don't mean for that to be manipulative either because if I were to do this, it would be a full commitment. I'm not really good with expressing how I feel in words either, but I want to stress the fact that we were both very happy with the relationship and were able to get through any argument we had and all aspects of our relationship were very healthy, which makes me considering changing for her actually seem like a viable option for me because it seems like a very small change in comparison to gaining such a wonderful woman back in my life. Wow. Oh. Oh. I, like, this is the very non-religious take on... Like, the level of non-religion required to have this take on joining a religion... Mm-hmm. I mean, bless his heart. Um, because on one hand, you're not wrong. On one on the other, you are so wrong as to what you're doing. Please don't. Right. Please don't. Because it does seem kind of simple. Go to church once a week, sit in a pew, act like you care. Read the scriptures, do the thing, participate in the events. It's not that bad. How bad could it be? And therein lies the rub. That's just the beginning. Right. Um, Because the reality is you're most likely never going to believe this. Right. So it's not just that you go and do the thing and show up and be there. You, you, You... you're you're attempting to profess belief in a thing that you don't believe in, which is extremely hard. Even if it is very, you know, light Christianity, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, your Methodists really aren't hard to please. Um they they, they don't tell Aren't they also sprinklers too? So but no, my problem with this overall is you're gonna grow resentment you're going to grow aggravation. You're going to grow very much a, why am I doing this? The sex can't be this good. It's freaking eight o'clock in the morning and she's wanting to drag me into a building to listen to someone that doesn't have any of my shared ideas. Why is this happening? And you're not being your true self. A lot of people do not, you know, agree to this idea but when a relationship is two different religions even if one of those religions is not religion mm-hmm. you have to make a compromise you you know because usually we can agree to disagree and what does that look like exactly like you have a well because that's literally our household you have a set of religious beliefs Right. I have non-belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be, like, and we have to agree to disagree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that by being mutually respectful of each other's belief set. Right. Um, and I don't attack your beliefs. You don't attack mine. 
Um, and, and but we are open to the existence of them. Right. Like you know, I, I willingly will go to religious events and ceremonies and rituals and like however you want to word it. I will willingly go. I will even willingly participate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not required in those settings to profess a false belief. Right. Because that's very, very different. Like right. you can go and you can participate, but what you're actually looking to do, what OP is actually looking to do in this situation is you're looking to falsely profess belief. That's a whole order of magnitude harder. Well, it's not only a whole order of magnitude or harder, it's manipulation. Hmm? And, you know, that makes me worried also for, you know, OP's ex. If you're going to manipulate on this, mm -hmm. what else are you going to manipulate on? What I don't else know are you going to try to use to your direction? I don't know that she was trying to manipulate. I think she just finally went, this can't ever work. No, honey, I'm talking about him. Oh, yeah. You know, like, fine, I'll go to church. Uh, you know, why don't we join this shiny, happy people church here where I'm the leader of the household? You know, there is that. Um, I, But I think there's a bigger looming issue is you're looking at having children. And, and that's the whole impetus to, the, the, to this mm -hmm. false profession of belief. Mm -hmm. Is to maintain the relationship... Because she doesn't, she wants to raise you know, kids with you, but in a church setting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now not only have you professed a false belief, mm -hmm. you now have to effectively indoctrin indoctrinate your children or fight with your spouse over the fact that that's indoctrinating children. All right. Because that's typically another hard point with Christianity. Mm -hmm specifically um as well as a couple, you know just a couple other religions um is that get them while they're young mm -hmm. is a really big part of the their their system right. is before they can think their way out of a box cram some god and jesus in there and then tell them not to think about it too hard mm -hmm. sadly is the experience a lot of people have right um when they grow up in the church mm -hmm. is that before they're able to 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 actually make a decision they're called and and bullied practically into making a profession of belief mm -hmm. um and, and committing themselves to the church and getting baptized and all the things um right before they've had a chance to actually take in what they've been told and and understand it and then god forbid they ask questions about it because that's generally frowned upon well it's not, it's always frowned upon because you know normally the pastor doesn't know the answer look yeah i you know i'll point blank say it. i've had theological debates with pastors they get really scary when i start bringing up certain books of the bible and there's a few that they go, oh, that ain't in the Bible. And go, well, which which copy of the Bible are you reading? Well, here, honey, here's the unabridged version. Yeah. Okay, well, here's my problem. 
there are a number of people and probably people you wouldn't guess um that are non-thinking non-believers that show up on pews every single sunday mm -hmm. um don't rock the boat don't ask questions don't don't argue um and pastors don't have a problem with that no don't create a problem for me you just sit there and take it and make sure to put your 20 in the collection well you know inflation now put your 20 in the collection you know your 40 in the, your 240s in the collection plate uh -huh. whatever however much money you put in um mm -hmm. put put your money in the collection plate and show up next week um yep. and, and you know then go home and and allow this to take over mm -hmm. your your family mm -hmm. and your relationship as well as the time commitment on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, you now have to listen to this at home. Right. Because it's going to tendril into your home. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> in many instances, and especially when you have one devout person in a relationship and one non-believer, um, yeah, you're, you're, this is going to be part of your home, too. And you've made a false profession of belief. All right. Like, this isn't the, like, because I'm sorry, like, you can't even swing a cat in this house with hit, without hitting something wicked. Like, can we agree on that? It's hard to swing a cat in this house without hitting something wicked. Well, I'm trying to think, because there's multiple rooms in this house. Now, if I've got all church cloths or yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we, we can pretty confidently state it, it, it is tendrilled throughout this house. Right. Um, but that's coupled with, we have a mutual respect and understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to, to, to look at these items from a perspective of false profession of belief in them. Right. I, I can respect them because they are important to you and are important to your to your religious belief, mm -hmm. but I'm not beholden to them. Right. I'm not supposed to to necessarily honor them and and etc. Like I I don't they're not. I well, respect you know we joke of, about you taking Buddha for a walk for a drive. We joke about it all the time. It's an, <laughs> like that, and that's the other part of it. That is the the joy of real compromise on religious difference. Is yeah. we joke about it all the time, um, yeah. like and there's back and forth. Yeah, but when it has to be something that you not just have to pretend on Sundays. Mm -hmm. but you have to pretend through every day because mm -hmm. eventually there, there will most likely be children in this household and you can't just be a, a Sunday Christian and the rest of that time be like, I don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. because you've made a profession of false belief. Right. You have and to you know, the other side of, of that of it. is, you know, I'm a little worried that your girlfriend is willing to do per pussy conversion. <sighs> like, totally worried about that factor, about what else is she going to use that for? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, I I don't even know that's exactly where that's at. I mean, I, I see what you're saying is it does, it kind of, I think maybe he's looking at it as being more innocent than it is. Right. Um, And, and there's that potential. I, I think we can all agree there's a strong potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, But even if it isn't, it's like, I, I don't see this going well long term. No. You know, that the fundamentally, you didn't compromise over right. your beliefs. You compromised your belief. Those are two very different sentences that sound very, very similar. Yeah. You know, w- when you compromise on beliefs, you, you can agree to disagree and have totally independent beliefs, and you can talk about them and discuss them and be respectful. Mm-hmm. When you compromise your beliefs, mm-hmm. then you have given up your own and you have assumed someone else's and that is what controls this relationship. Right. Those are two very different things. Right. And, you know, they widow and will, they will foreshadow they will will whittle away whittle it'll take away there you go thank you it will whittle away, away. Mm-hmm. yes you know right. and well, the resentment builds and then the negativity builds and then one day you look and you're like nah and then what your relationship's over because you decided you're not going to church anymore because you're tired of it you're not going to say and pray before your meal because you're freaking hungry and you're tired of waiting around. So, you know, you're either two and a half hours of prayer over their food as it gets cold. Um, or so it would feel when you're hungry. Um, I And I think the words that, that, keeps, that keep trying to scream their way into my brain, and it's finally here, um, come from Eleanor Roosevelt, or at least that's who the quote's often attributed to, is no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. In this instance, you will be consenting to having your beliefs made inferior. Yep. Um, That's not good. <laughs> like, there's, there's no good place to go from that. Um, right. I, I think you got close, very, very, very close to everything you want in a spouse mm-hmm. minus one very big important thing right. um and i'm i'm sorry that you that at 20 you got this close to to be let down right but you know and you know but he, you know he's giving some factors to accounting Mm-hmm. that you know oh we never fight of course not because her religion teaches her that you know you are supposed to be the head of the household you know so you know exactly how are you supposed you know when she's going you know well if he's going to be my husband i need to take his lead you know these are the inflections that we see so much in religious dogma that no one fully pays attention to and goes hold it just where is this at? Just there, why is this here? 
I mean, and again, sometimes the, your traction on that may vary by denomination, but you bring up a very valid point that if her particular religious belief um, does have a lot of subservience, then no, you're not going to fight about anything. No. Because if she's constantly deferring to her future husband, mm -hmm. then no, you're not going to fight. This was just the one thing that's like, mm -mm, nope, I, I can't not do this. Right. I'm required by my faith, my religious right. belief to have this. If you can't provide right. that, then I have to find someone else. Right. So, yeah. I, I think it's always important to talk about beliefs and, and to give them their due respect. Right. Um in relationships right because Very it's much. not a small thing right so all righty all righty all right so with that let's go check out the poll no once again you are not the asshole for locking away items that your spouse said they'd throw away Yes. Yeah. Hey, I think that's a good one. I, I think that touches on a lot of different concepts. It does. It does. It could almost be the have been the relationship advice. Don't right. throw away your spouse's shit. Don't threaten right. to throw away your spouse's shit. Don't get right. mad because your spouse owns things that you right. don't understand. Right. So yeah. All right, so with that, just a reminder, this weekend is Psychic Saturday. You can go ahead and book your appointments now. And, and that's where I'm going discount. I am going to be on network later. Mm -hmm. Take it away. All right, so of course we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, yep. Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Exactly. And guys, we will not be on Coffee and Tea on Thursday as the U.S. is taking Thanksgiving. Natalie will be joining me next Thursday. So we will see you on Friday for Mountain Bears. Until mm -hmm. then, good night, y'all. Gobble, gobble till you wobble, wobble. Bye. Uh, where did my? Do we lose the beautiful bean footage? Are we in the wrong brand? <laughs>